today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. We have heard, uh, <laughs> this has uh, been one of the most surreal uh, election cycles, the American election, of course, that took place on November the 8th of last year now. And uh, the the campaigns before that, and uh, the accusations and counter accusations, and the innuendo, and the uh, quote unquote facts that were uh, stated by the candidates, and uh, it has uh, spawned well skepticism first of all, uh, but it's also spawned a, a, a new phrase and part of our, our lexicon now, and that's fake news. And everybody's talking about it now. Everybody references it right now. What is it, and what are the impacts that have? Uh, seemingly pervaded our discussion about politics as of late because of this idea of fake news. What does it mean to discuss uh, politics going forward? Is this the new uh, bellwether? Is this the new uh, level? Is this the new comparator? Or is it a phenomenon and a fade? I don't know. Well, I want to talk to our next guest about that exactly. Lindsay Finnerman-Gingra is a director of Integrated Digital Communications and Campaign Enterprise Incorporated and joins us on the Bill Kelly to talk about fake news. Lindsay, first of all, thank you so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Nice to be talk to you. Let's uh, let's talk about the, de- the the definition of this right now because I, I I get the impression, Lindsay, sometimes as I listen to people use this phrase and throw it around so much, it's it's really almost in the eyes of the beholder, isn't it? Yeah, it's become sort of a catch-all term for uh, sort of Internet media, I would say. So it started, we saw uh, it, it being talked about during the Trump and the Clinton campaign. And there was a, a lot of online media that was just completely fictitious and, and frankly, just created to uh, for ad revenue by a group of people in Macedonia. Uh, and now it's sort of become this catch-all term for sort of slanted journalism that is seen to be left or right or sided that it's not real news, it's fake news, but it sort of lost its actual real meaning, I'd say. And, and we've seen examples of this. I mean, if you scroll down, spend 30 seconds on Facebook, uh, and you look at some of the posts up there, and, and, and you know, these these outrageous headlines about political figures or, or, or world leaders, whatever the case might be, uh, you know, that they did this or they did that or they spent money on this, uh, I always look for the tagline to see, okay, what's the source? And it's something I've never heard of. And then um, and the first reaction I always have is, okay, i got to question the authenticity here. Uh, you know, is this made up? Uh, is it, and, and, and I guess we don't know really, do we, because of the influx of information that's coming at us now? Yeah, I mean, so I think there are like two trends there. Of uh, So, yes, there's so much information coming at people that people aren't discerning where sources are coming from anymore. So if you see it on your Facebook, you sort of you start to see CNN and this other news source. It's the same because you're not clicking on them often. You're just scanning the headline. And so people are starting to see them as real. But the other trend that's actually a bit more disturbing to me is that because all the economy on this is the same, real media and fake media make money the same way. They sell ad space. Yeah. So really their incentives are very much the same, which is to make you click. So real media have been pushed to sort of jack up headlines and go for angles that are, you know, sort of scandalous because they're driven by the same economy as these so-called fake outlets. Well, and, and let's face it, even even real media or mainstream media or whatever, uh, you know, phraseology we want to use here is now being driven onto into to digital media now anyway. I mean, you know, how many newspapers have gone out of print, but they're still on digital? Uh, so they're, they're, they're ball, all playing in the same ball field now, aren't they? Exactly. They're competing for the same eyeballs and they're competing for the same clicks. And without getting too too nerdy and too down to how uh, outlets make money online, they're all competing for the same ad dollars, right? So they all need to 
steal your eyeballs away. And that's really led to the rise of sort of sensationalism in, in news media. How do you how do you determine exactly what's happening here? And and I guess the most troubling thing from from our standpoint in, in, in this era of media, and I spent some time in political life as well for a number of years ago, is, is when stuff like this comes along, you have to wonder about, first of all, authenticity and sources, but maybe more importantly right now, and based on some of the reaction I've seen over the last 12 months especially, Lindsay, is do people care whether or not it's true, or is it just a headline or a story that validates the way they want to feel? Yeah, that, that's, that's the problem is, you know, people who care about the media care about and care about what's truth, but the general population, the the huge percentage of, of us in Canada and America and around the world really do just care about the headline and what it aligns to their values and their beliefs. And we've sort of lost the ability to read something, uh, you know, see if it, you know, it can change our mind. We really just want to read something that confirms what we already believe. So we click on it or share it or whatever now, without necessarily, well, let's use one of the other phrases that's, uh, that's very popular, fact-checking. Uh, we don't bother to fact-check. We just say, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I knew it. I knew it. And that, that article or that post uh, substantiates my point of view, so, so that's, that's what I'm going to embrace. Exactly. I think we're all guilty of this. I've retweeted things and shared things without reading to the bottom of an article. Uh, we leave, you know, just in time lives. We're on our mobile devices. We see a headline that agrees with what we thought that morning. We're talking to our friends about the other day and we share it and we sort of perpetuate this, this fake news cycle. Want to call it that? And and the presidential election, I, pro- I think, is probably a, a, a very clear example of that, uh, because there were accusations, of course, about Trump using fake news to to try to substantiate some of his policies or uh, proposed policies, obviously at that stage, and and there were these fact checkers that would publish stuff in the Post or in the New York Times or whatever the case might be to say he he lied about this, he lied about this. It didn't seem to have an impact on people. No, I mean, people believe Trump, they're going to believe Trump, and they're not going to be swayed by reason or fact. People generally, though, this isn't a new trend, people generally aren't swayed by reason or fact. They're, They're swayed by emotion. And so the thing with Trump was he tapped into an emotion, and countering emotion with reason and fact will almost never work. It doesn't, and it never has worked. So this isn't new. This is actually just uh, how people work. But how far down this road have we gone, Lindsay, when we have a situation, for instance, where, uh, well, Kelly Leach, of course, is running for the leadership of the Conservative Party here in Canada right now. And and one of her campaign stalwarts is, is a guy who basically brags about the fact that he makes up news, that he makes up fake news. And he, he, he you know, just conjures up numbers and, and puts posts out there. Uh, there was a, an era in politics and in public life not too long ago that if somebody was exposed to be doing that, they would have had to resign. The, the, the candidate would have been shamed. Uh, he's celebrating the fact that he's good at it, and nobody seems to care now. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a bit of uh, so many people, you know, we talk about that and we talk about Kelly Leach's campaign, but I think general Canada doesn't follow that. So there is outrage, I think, with, you know, there's sort of a code of conduct in politics and the media and then, you know, PR that you don't do that. But the general public doesn't really attune, isn't attuned to that and doesn't care. And the general public does, you know, there is a group that here's Kelly Leach and here's what she's saying, and, and they, you know, agree with her. So I think that, you know, this sort of the outrage is also 
outside of the mainstream discussions of Canada and the U.S. For the general public, but, uh, you know, for those that follow politics, etc., clearly from a strategic standpoint, I mean, I can understand why it's happening. In other words, you want to appeal to the base of whoever your candidate is, whatever their, 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 their policies might be. You want to ensure that there's going to be a solid base there. Uh, and that was always a, a, a challenge, I guess, in past campaigns. Now, it seems as if, well, there are no parameters right now. We're just going to feed them whatever they want to hear, and that's going to solidify our base. And it happens at both ends of the political spectrum. It does. I mean, and frankly, it happens uh, throughout uh, in politics and then in, uh, you know, what I do day-to-day in PR campaigns. We do that, too. Uh, we talk to the people who want to who want to hear us, and we get them to share our message, and we get them, and we use their channels to deliver our message to other people. It's uh, it is a trend, and I I don't. It's not one that I see going away. It's, it's going to get worse as uh, as the media starts to die. As real media loses you know money and can't put out a daily print paper, it's a trend that's going to continue. Are, are we lazier now than we used to be? Do we bother to to check whether there's an authenticity to what we're reading, uh, or are we just too busy that we'll just read it and, and take it at face value? I don't know if it's laziness. I don't, I don't think it's that. I think we have more information than ever before. And it's just, it's harder for people who are concerned about other things in their daily lives to take that extra step to make sure that, you know, the news that is being delivered to them is real. They've always just assumed it. They've never had to worry about it. There are many things to worry about in day, you know, a day for an average Canadian. I don't think figuring out whether their media is real media is on the top of their concern. And I think that's understandable for most people. It's a, you know, it's sort of our job as people who, who shape the media and who, who use these tactics to sort of try to keep some moral center in what we're doing, I think. If we're going to attempt to find that moral center and to try to police this, uh, who's who's going to be the adjudicator? It doesn't seem anybody wants to take up that mantle. No, I mean, the truth is there's money to be made by uh, not adjudicating, right? And that's the problem is that, you know, Facebook and Google are making money off of this, so they're not going to police it. Uh, politicians are winning elections through it, so they're not going to change it. So is it the government's job to set in? That's That's a hard sort of uh, mandate to put to the government of you decide what is real media, well, that becomes censorship at a certain point, too. So it's hard to think who is going to police it. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get too many hands up when you say, hey, we, we should institute government control here. I don't think too many people want to get on that road. Because how how can, let's face it, governments are by definition themselves political. So so any any attempt to try to exert any pressure or set parameters there is going to be seen to be very subjective, isn't it? I think we want to become Soviet Russia, where, uh, you know, what is said and controlled is controlled by the government. So you really are left with, so are we trusting Facebook and Google and, you know, these online ad deliverers to, to police it? That's where we are right now, right? There was so much outcry that, outcry that Facebook really had to take control of this. But the truth is, a lot of us own Facebook stock and we want it to return. We want, you know, we want the stock prices to keep climbing and that means they need to sell more ads. And so there is a, a financial pressure there to them not to stop. Without getting into the uh, the nuts and bolts of the uh, the BuzzFeed thing from a couple of days ago about Donald Trump, I, I found it was uh, interesting, uh, to their justification for releasing the, the, the entire document with, with uh, n- numerous, uh, of course, unsubstantiated uh, facts, and I use that term loosely. But their, their rationale for it, is, as you know, Lindsay, was, well, we wanted the people to, we were just going to put it out there and let the people decide and let them decide to fact check this, which I thought was a, a, a rather cavalier way of suggesting this because as we've just been talking about people don't take the time to do any any sort of vigilance on this stuff exactly and this is where i think uh, you know 
Donald Trump was actually right on this. Uh, you know, I know we, we make fun of him, but BuzzFeed acted like fake news. They, they put it up online because they knew they were going to get traffic to it. There was no journalistic standards, no uh, behind that. They wanted the traffic and they wanted to be in the news. So they were, you know, they were clickbaiting. Well, you know, at that point, you do become fake news, BuzzFeed, uh, and you do, uh, you know, put other media uh, under, you know, harsh light. It, it's, it, it wasn't great what they did. I don't agree with it. I don't think it followed journalistic standards. But from a financial point of view, we know why it did it, because we all went and clicked on the link and we all went to BuzzFeed's site. It, it seems as if this is the new normal, though. And, and, and you again, we seem to be centering an awful lot of, a, of the discussion about fake news around Trump. But, I mean, he was a, a guy who is right now, uh, you know, trying to put himself out there as a victim of fake, new, of fake news. Uh, but when it came to, for instance, the birther scandal that, that, he, that he really embraced, I mean, he was a perpetrator of it. So, I mean, the, this is, I guess it cuts both ways. And those uh, who live by the sword can die by the sword. Exactly. Fake news is not a left or a right political spectrum issue. Uh, we are all on all sides of political spectrum, like to sort of hear what we want to hear. He just, you know, Trump has this uh, a way of switching the channel and not getting called for it, right? So fake news helped get elected, and now he's against fake news. And probably tomorrow when it's for, it works for him, you'll be for fake news. And, you know, the environment we live in is... If media don't have credibility and can't call him on that, then he gets to do that and gets to keep doing it. So it is sort of this vicious cycle we're stuck in. But is this not just perpetrating this this seemingly basic distrust that the public has for politicians anyway? Distrust for politicians, distrust of media, and sort of these influencers and the elites, if you want to call them that. I think it does sort of continue to drive a wedge between average Americans, average Canadians, and politicians and media. Well, and we saw that with the press conference with Trump the other day, didn't he, where he basically used that as a platform to attack the media for this. The media fought back and attacked Trump for this. And and uh, to, to channel Shakespeare for a second, a pox on both your houses. You're both guilty of it. Exactly. And meanwhile, you know, there are Americans who, that this doesn't affect their day-to-day lives and would probably prefer to have the president talking about health care and about, you know, jobs. And here they are, the media and Trump are busy, you know, going back and forth with each other, and there are real issues that America has to face. So I do think people, it does continue to drive a wedge between people, politicians, and the media. Where are we going on this? I watched uh, Seth Meyers' show the other night uh, on NBC, and he decried this whole thing and said, let's call fake news what it is. They are lies. It's not fake news. That's a, it's, it's a way of trying to smooth things over. And, and, uh, you know, we, we, and there are others that are calling for an end to this whole thing. But if it is such a useful tool right now for politicians and for others on social media, is it going away anytime soon, Lindsay? It's not going away anytime soon. The genie is out of the bottle. You know, this all goes back to the Internet, right? The Internet isn't going to be shut off, and it has disrupted every single model, and it will disrupt. It has disrupted media. It will continue to disrupt media. It's disrupted politics and the way political campaigns are run, and it will continue. And it's disrupted what is reality and what is truth, and it will continue to. Uh, Interesting times in which we live. Lindsay, thanks so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Talk to you. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.